Alright, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Oh, Jake, I'm old. I'm old, I'm old, I'm old. I told you, I've been sore all day. I told you, uh, listeners, we, we are recording on Sunday, June 7th. Uh, we were going to record Saturday, June 6th, but holy shit, I painted my mom's house outside in the hot Wisconsin sun. It was, uh, it's, it beat the fuck out of me for today. How are you? I mean... Good, good, good. I've done no painting, so I, I I'm at 100 percent right now. I was thinking I've been inside drinking caffeine, the opposite of what you've been doing. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, a comment you made last week when we started the podcast talking about protesting, and you said, "Jesus, fuck people! You're not socially di- social distancing." Medical experts are talking about that now. I mean, for the for the entire week, it's been protests and riots and protests and speeches and. Mil- and now, seven days deep, uh, medical experts are saying, um, this is going to really fuck up hospitals in the next two weeks. So you called it. Yeah, that's the American news cycle, man. We we have the, the, the collective 350-person mind of a goldfish as, as a nation. We can focus on one thing at a time. Uh, the week before the protest, it was a pandemic that was going to kill all of us if we did not have a mask on uh, outside at all times. And then it was, don't worry about that for a week. Go cough on each other and light shit on fire. And it's like, they, they just, look, and, and the protest, overwhelmingly a good thing. It is a positive thing that they are protesting for. I mean, like their cause. They're obviously protesting well, against they. something we, bad. Well, not they. People um, that are protesting. It's not, a, it's, it's a, yeah. not an us-them. I think anybody that is protesting is on the side of good, is what you're saying. Well, but I I say they because I'm not going to take credit for people who are actually leaving gotcha. their apartments right now. <laughs> uh, you, you know what I mean? I'm not going to sit there. Hey, we're all in this together. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna eat pizza <laughs> and uh, catch up on some Netflix docs. You guys keep the fighting the good fight. I'll be retweeting you. You know, like it's uh, yeah. Show your support online. You know, but I, I'm not gonna. And, and I'm not going to lie. Probably a big reason that I haven't been to any of these is I'm like, I we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. That didn't go away just be, because protesting started. I saw the funniest, most horrible meme circulating online, uh, mostly in private areas because nobody really has the balls to post this publicly. And, and, and trigger warning, I'm saying up front, it's horrible, but it's 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 like a really dark onion article something that's so horrible that it's funny uh it was a two frame meme and the top picture was colin kaepernick kneeling before a football game and the caption said takes a knee nothing happens then the bottom picture was uh the officer in minneapolis kneeling on uh mr floyd they did they didn't show mr floyd it just showed him because you knew who he was and it said takes a knee ends a pandemic because basically, right. that's yeah. what it is. Everybody's like, oh, the pandemic. They, they completely, what you said, mind of a goldfish. Everybody forgot completely about the pandemic. Well, yeah, and it, it don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think that it's a good thing that's happening with the pandemic in terms of the, the numbers. Uh, the cases are dropping. And I don't know if that's because it's getting warm. I don't know if it's because there's just less testing happening than there was before. I I, I don't know. Actually, but, uh, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Uh, Florida just had the three biggest days of positive tests in a row this past week. 
All and, right, never mind. I'm only speaking for New York. When, when, oh, I, say, okay. when I say that, I'm uh, gotcha. uh, just total coastal elite. I give a fuck about my state <laughs> and not even the state I'm from, uh, the one I'm living in now. And to be fair, the one that got hit the fucking hardest. So, yeah, okay. I, I'm okay. only looking on, am I going to go outside without dying in the next two weeks? You, know? you like, are that's... live local and I'm talking aggregate. Okay, so keep going then. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just didn't want yeah. you to be spreading misinformation on our I'm thinking so local, I don't podcast. even know what the word aggregate means, you know? I, I, I don't know how to spell it. I probably couldn't spell it either, but... But if not for the pandemic, you would be in solidarity, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm definitely in solidarity uh, solidarity with the cause. Uh, I, I think anybody who, who wants to bitch about the looting, while, while they had nothing to say at all uh, about any of the police brutality, about the guy in Minneapolis, about any of that... Yeah, it's not good to throw a fucking brick through a window, but it's not as bad as four law enforcement officers fucking standing around while one guy knelt on a guy's neck for eight minutes who was handcuffed with his face down. You know, I mean, there's there's worse things going on than a target getting fucking cleaned out when they have insurance anyway. And uh, I sent you a link, something I discovered today. It's funny. Did you see the movie Charlie Wilson's War? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to paraphrase this because I can't quote it directly, but do you remember that scene? Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, such a good fucking actor, um, is ta- talking about, it's toward the end of the movie, and uh, he, he tells a story about a old man and a child, and uh, the child gets a horse, and he goes, oh, what a beautiful day, and, uh, and the old man says, uh, we'll see. Kid falls off the horse, breaks his leg, oh, what a horrible day, we'll see. Uh, country goes to war, can't take the kid because his leg is broken. Oh, what a great day. We'll see. You know, it's, it's everything yeah, happens yeah. and you don't know. That's what I'm thinking about with this. Uh, I sent you an article and that's what it made me think of is you talk about these four cops, three of them that stand, stood around and did nothing. And then the story started coming out that, oh, well, one of them was only on duty for two days. What do you do when uh, your superior officer is doing something? You can't contradict him. You can't speak up. You're military, Jake. You were your former military. You know what it's like. You can't. You don't just go at your commanding officer. But then you read the resume of this guy that was only on duty for two days. I mean, he dropped out of high school and... I, I, I just... Right. And I mean, I think that's sort of the bigger point to why... It, it at least speaks to part of the bigger thing that they're protesting. It's not just about uh, George Floyd. It's about it, it, there, there was a system in place that made this guy comfortable with doing this to this right. guy while he knew he was being filmed. And and you have to wonder, if those brave people hadn't have filmed him, would they have just ruled it a heart attack and he's back oh, out on the streets absolutely. kneeling on somebody. And it makes you wonder, was there somebody else that happened to, uh, you, you know, that same week or whatever that didn't happen to be getting filmed with a cell phone? And they were like, yeah, I just, I I, I lightly tackled the man to the ground and then he uh, had a heart attack. He shot himself in the back five times. Whoops. Guess he fucking slipped. You know, I, I, I mean, that's why it's important to film shit. You know, if you see something and you can't stop it, directly then you can film it and something can get done about it i mean that's the cool thing about smartphones is this stuff is actually coming to people's attention because i you know i i, I kind of realized in the last week you know i've never considered myself one who uh didn't believe 
black people in general when they said that you know police brutality fucking happens a lot and it doesn't get recorded you know documented a lot i i if you would have asked me a week before this happened i would have said yeah it's absolutely true man it's a it's a, it's a horribly racist justice system and all that that being said if they had not filmed that with their cell phones and you would have described to me what those cops did because this wasn't even like the usual police brutality video, like a police killing. Even like no no matter how bad it is, usually it's some level of hey, put your hands in the air. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, I thought I I thought he had a gun. And then yeah. you're like, well, he had a pack of Skittles and a fucking cell phone. What are you talking about? A gun? You know, how however bad those are, there it's it's always quick. This was not quick. This was a handcuffed guy on his stomach. Uh, getting knelt on for eight goddamn minutes while he knew he was being filmed and people were telling him not to do it. And this was three other guys standing around doing nothing to even question him. Uh, if you would have described that to me a week before, I, I wouldn't have believed it. I would have been like, that's got to be some kind of exaggeration. It's just so fucking crazy. We wouldn't have done that to somebody in Iraq or Afghanistan. You know, like we wouldn't have done that to an enemy combatant. Yeah, I there's a video out. Um, I, I don't want to say it's worth watching. It makes its point pretty quickly. Uh, it's it's literally a timer. That's all it is. Is I I don't remember if it says George Floyd or whatever, but it, it's just a black screen with seconds ticking off, all the way up to eight minutes and however long, thirty seven, forty five seconds, whatever it is, and that's the entire video. And the whole point is watch eight minutes of nothing and get a sense of that's how long that knee was on his neck. And it's, it's pretty powerful. You, you, you figure out really quickly as it, you know, it gets up to like one minute or one minute. You're like, wow, this is just insane. Right. Yeah. And whatever he did, uh, to, to get arrested. I mean, I know the cops were, were called because of like a it was like, like fake 20 or something. Yeah. And, and, but even if the guy was res- resisting arrest, even if he fucking clocked him, you know, um, at that point he's restrained and granted, I'm not one of those people who like one of those psychos who sits there and goes, Oh, there's, there's no way that anybody should ever die as, as result of, um, resisting arrest, you know? I mean, even if the cop does everything right, sometimes accidents are going to happen while restraining somebody. Uh, For example, usually when somebody dies in a fist fight, right? It's not the fist hitting the guy's head. You know, it's the bar fight. It's It's usually it's a head hitting the ground, right? And so even even if you're 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 very well trained, you're restraining somebody who's who's fighting back, you at one level or another are more or less tackling somebody onto concrete. That's why they don't play on concrete in the NFL and they wear helmets. It's because even if you do even if you do it right, even if they did everything right, no helmet to helmet contact, whatever, but they're playing with no helmets on concrete, there would be deaths every game in the NFL, right? So that's essentially what you're 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 more or less doing as a cop restraining somebody is you you you're playing a down of football on concrete with no helmets, right? So even if you're doing things right while restraining somebody, there are going to be tragic accidents that happen where the guy dies, right? That's that people can die while they're being restrained. If somebody's already restrained and they die, 
that's that's fucking murder. Like that's a whole different thing. And that that's what this was. This wasn't a guy being restrained. This was a guy who was already restrained. Whatever the fuck he was doing, whether it was resisting arrest, whether it wasn't, I don't care if he had a goddamn machete he was waving around before that. The machete was not in his hands anymore, and he was handcuffed and he was on his ground on, on his stomach. So it's just like it's it, that's why that video is so insane to me. It's just like what you there was four of you fucking guys. How do you not know this guy is clearly not a threat anymore being handcuffed on his stomach? Even if you, whether, whether he was before or not, he might not have even been resisting arrest. We, we don't know. We were taking it from the words of these fucking four guys who knelt on his neck until he was dead. You can't really trust them on that matter. Well, and, and like you just said, even if he had been resisting resist, resisting arrest, I, I, I'm going to be generous here. Very generous. 30 seconds, 45 seconds, one minute, one minute and 30 seconds. You have plenty of time to back the fuck off to say, okay, he was resisting arrest before, but no longer. And I'll, I'll take what you just said and go down a different path. I've been yelled at in a sense, or called a cop, a cop apologist before. Um, because I wouldn't want to be a police officer. I I know police officers. I've had conversations with police officers. It, it, the, the worst fucking job in the world. It can be because, it, so, okay, I, I know there are, you know, like other oh, guys that just do speed traps and shit like that. But imagine seeing domestic abuse every day or homicide or you've got a call because someone beat the shit out of their kid or killed a kid or you are there first. And that's got to drain on you and wear you down to the point where you just look at humanity and see the worst in everybody. I get that. But well, yeah, like I mean, your, you your job said, more or less is to be sweeping up the the, 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 the worst of humanity. You right. know? Uh, I mean, that's, that's rough. I, I wouldn't want to do that back home. And at some point, I, I, I'm sure you just look at every single person and you see evil in them. Where you're just like, I bet that guy hits his wife. I bet that guy hits his child. He's probably, you know... And so you get called into situations and your first reaction is just fuck it, throw them on the ground, lock them up and take them to jail and we'll sort it out later. I get that. However, like you just said, and I just said, this is eight minutes of a knee on a neck. This is even, first of all, you responded to a call of forgery for the counterfeit bill. So you didn't get a call of there's a guy with a gun. There's a guy with a knife. There's two guys fighting. There's a guy with a broke. You did not get a call like that. You got a call for forgery. So say even forgery, you show up in the mindset, fuck everybody, fuck humanity. I'm so sick of criminals. I'm so sick of whatever. And, and, and so you show up and say the guy's drunk, say he's belligerent, say he calls you a fucking honky pig piece of shit. And you pop him one and you throw him on the ground. Fuck you. I'm going to show you who I am. Call me. Eight goddamn minutes. It's insane. There's no justification for it at all. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, the guy and, and this is eight minutes of he's already restrained. Yes, you know, that's that video started once the guy was already restrained and begging for his life. So who, who fucking knows how long it was that he was actually kneeling on his neck? Oh, like that's that. true. That's that's the, the video starts for eight minutes. You are absolutely correct. And that's the second part is we can move on from this because everybody's talking about. But what kind of person? So you take the cop I just described, the, the not the prototype, but just someone that's at that is wits end, who's been on the job and sees the worst in humanity. How dead inside are you 
to have your knee on someone's neck and hear him saying, I can't breathe. I, I read reports and I, I, I haven't watched the video cause I don't want to watch someone murdered. They said he was asking for his mom. How yeah. Do you yeah. Hear, no, it's pretty fucking hard to watch, man. How do you hear someone say, I want my mom, I'm dying. I can't breathe. And you just double, what fucking kind of piece of shit person are you? Just right. horrible. Yeah, and I mean, for, for those four guys, like, this wasn't just one guy that was involved in this. I mean, this was four of them. This is clearly an issue where, it's to some level, they were like, the, the system is going to protect us. Yeah. We, we're we're going to get away with this. And I, I mean, that's that's the bigger picture thing. Like, it's not, it's not just about George Floyd, as tragic as that was. It's about a system that... Yeah. Yeah. made those guys feel empowered to do what they did. And so I, I, anybody going, um, oh, look at, oh, there's looting and, and you shouldn't loot and you should be, yeah, no one's, well, not, not no one, but no one's sitting there saying, oh, this is a good logistical, this is a good strategic things for a protest to do is to fucking start lighting shit on fire. No, that's, that's it's mostly an emotional response, you know? And, and I, I get that you have little groups within that, that, that aren't really part of the bigger protests, whether they're right-wing people, left-wing people, whether they're instigators hired by the cop, whatever. I think there's probably a little bit of all of that going on that are I just trying that. to, that just sort of have their own ulterior uh, alternative motives and shit um, that are trying to instigate something other than, hey, we want accountability and change within the uh, police forces. Uh, but the... If, if if you're only concerned with the looting in this um, and not the the uh, loss of life from that guy, not the uh, um, not the system that frankly has allowed that kind of thing to go on for years, then that's then you're just looking at it completely one sided, and you're just being spoon fed news from I, I don't know Fox or whoever the fuck. Well, and and to to speak to the system, like you just mentioned. Um... I mentioned the one cop that where, where you're like, oh, he's only been on duty two days. How do you question your officer, your, your commanding officer? And then you look at his history and you realize they looked at his history and allowed him into the system. They said, oh, yeah, we'll welcome this guy that, you know, has has violations and not the best record of his life and didn't graduate from high school, had to go back for a GED. And I'm not trying to insult the guy. You know, you can't say, oh, look at him. He didn't even graduate from high school. But when you take. 10, 15 things and stack them all together. And then you look at the whole and go, okay, yeah, we still accept you. That That's a problem. And then the other part, the guy with the knee on the neck, uh, Chauvin, the, the rookie cop, that was his training officer. He was training him. Right. This is how you handle this. You you put your knee on the, like even if it, even if he wasn't saying and dictating. So you put the knee on the neck and you crush the windpipe. That was implicit. I am in charge. I am the commanding officer. I am training you. Look at how I handle this situation. I mean, that's fucked up. That, that right. I mean, that's that's just right there. I mean, that's he's literally training another officer in that situation. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't see how you can't look at that and and see something uh, systemic as opposed to well, it's just this one guy, you right. know, one guy that seems to and, and okay. It is one guy that is in charge of three other guys, and that sends a message. And then those, it's it's fucked up beyond words. Let's let's. Uh, yeah, I I will say before we switch to the other thing, one, one thing that I wish uh, would would kind of get get brought up a little more. Um, I know I know body cam policies tend to 
vary depending on city and everything. I, I wish that was a bigger part of the conversation is, Hey, we want more body cams and stuff like that because, um, a, it, it protects civilians from cops like that guy. But I, I mean, I, I don't think this is an either or thing. I think it also protects cops in situations where, you, you know, it did seem like the guy had a gun and it, you, you know, they, and he did have to use lethal force and all that. I, I don't want those cops to get fucking fired or harassed or any of that. I've, I've read reports that, uh, that say that many police units or cities or, you know, say any every different stations that initially police are resistant to wear body cams. Yeah. And then the instant they get them, they're like, holy shit, these are the best things ever. Because you, just like you say, there are a few bad Apple cops, whatever, you know, that's all. Um, there are a lot of criminals that know how to game the system. And the first right. thing they do is... I, I wasn't read my rights. He abused me. He punched me in the face. He, he, exactly. you know, yeah. And then yeah. the cop says, Oh, I have my, the, the good cops, the cops that, that are learning to love body cam say, Oh, here, watch the footage. And there's none of what the guy was saying. Yeah. And so the cops exactly. are protected. Surveillance can protect everybody. In this case, it is protecting the memory of Mr. Floyd by bringing about change. However you want to call it through riots, through good protests, through peaceful, it it the people with the cell phones absolutely are by filming that are are instigated change in a in a very positive way. So thank God they were there with cell phones, and thank God they taped it and got this all out there. Yeah, I mean better training, uh, more body cams, just more more transparency in general, man. I I, I think that's um, um, I, I I wish that would be being talked about more as as opposed to you have half the country that wants them to bring in the goddamn military to save target and then the other half of the country wants to defund the police force like right. lack of funding is why he was kneeling on that fucking guy's head you know yep and like like you say many times it's always black or white people we 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 have to take a side we can't look for nuance or middle ground or research things it has to be all or nothing and it's i think i loved your example <laughs> just <laughs> with the you said lizzo either you you find her the most disgusting thing ever or you you gotta say i jerk off to her every night you can't just say not my cup of tea but someone's gonna find her attractive and good for them and good for her you you can't be you you have to take a side it's just horrible yeah and uh i i guess uh I guess, you know, like there's that sort of misconception, like you can't be for the the peaceful protests and against rioting uh, and violent protests. You, you have to be for both or you have to be for neither. Well, I always tell I'm I'm only for the violent protests, you know, I'm against the peaceful <laughs> protesters and I'm pro looter. That's my stance. I'm, I'm a very small little little apple in the middle of that Venn diagram. I say if you if you, if you don't, don't go protest unless you got to unless you feel like breaking a sweat and a window. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Well, you mentioned uh, that you are still quarantined and watching documentaries is what you said. My oh, yeah. wife watched the Epstein doc. I saw maybe 10 minutes of it, and it was one of those things, you'll have to tell me if it's worth watching. Not, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's, it's not worth watching because it's not informational. The 10 or so minutes I saw just made me sort of sick to my stomach, and I'm like, I am not in the right head frame to watch this fucker rape a bunch of little girls for years and years and years, and the system that allowed him to do it 
I, I wasn't in the, the frame of mind for that. But yeah, it's kind of a bummer of a documentary. It's not a good one for comfort food. No. You know? not, <laughs> not a happy one to watch with the family. So, so tell me about it and tell me whether I should watch it or if it's just going to upset me more. Well, I think it's a good one to watch. Why? Because I'm starting to think after watching all of all four episodes that this Epstein fella, I think he might be guilty, you know? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of Epstein truthers wandering around out there talking about this guy <laughs> didn't do it, you know? I, I, I think he absolutely did it. And now we'll never know because he air quotes, committed suicide. Yeah, he slipped, he fell, he hung himself off of a three-foot bunk. What are you going to do? Like you do while the guards were asleep and the cameras are off. Now, this one, did you watch both the Fire Festival documentaries? Yes, we talked about it on here. And the Hulu one was by far superior. Yes, I cannot wait for Hulu to make an Epstein doc. Uh, (laughs) They did the same goddamn thing with this one that they did with the Fire Festival Doc, where it was just basically the the few people that they interviewed that were actual, you know, acquaintances of them, business partners, that kind of thing, were sort of doing what the fuck Jerry marketing people were doing in the Netflix one. What every single person in the, you remember how in the Netflix fire festival one it was basically a bunch of people going, oh, we had no idea what was going on. We were outsmarted. By yeah. this uh, this criminal mastermind, this twenty five year old guy in in shorts and boat shoes who looks like he belongs on a fucking Red Bull commercial, uh, he he is a poster boy for drunken spring break. That criminal mastermind, he tricked a bunch of business people for a man. Oh, oh, he's a genius. It's like, and then you look at him and you're like, this guy's drunk and sunburned in every scene he's in. What are you, what are you talking about? He, that, it was the same with that one. Is the few people they interviewed that were actually, you know, kind of higher ups where it's, oh yeah, we had no idea what was going on. And like they, they had one guy who uh, apparently he, he ran like, like hedge funds and stuff that Jeffrey Epstein worked on. And it, he's, you know, he's being interviewed and stuff and talking about how, you, you know, how, how terrible it was, what happened. And, and he, and he said that, um, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein worked for me until he stole $46 million, and then he didn't work for me anymore. But then it's like, but this guy didn't press charges on him. And so I'm like, why wouldn't you press charges on him? He clearly was blackmailing this guy, either either with with sexual stuff, you know, videos of him with underage girls, or financial stuff. Like, hey, I know you sold them fucking rockets to Bin Laden in the late 90s or whatever. You, you know, like, some, something fucking weird, you know? Something to where... You coming after me for $46 million will not be worth it. I don't know what kind of videos, what kind of documents you have to have on a guy to make him not file any kind of charges or even really publicly at the time even talk about you really. Uh, but it's but it's pretty goddamn bad. And, well, and so that didn't come up. They, they mentioned they did have a workers talk about seeing Bill Clinton on the island. Um, they don't really go that far into that. Uh, they, they, they don't go into, Hey, where in the world is, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, any of that? It's just sort of, it's a lot of detailed, really sad stories from the survivors. I'm not saying it's not important for these survivors to get their story out there. I'm saying like, well, the biggest fucking mystery about Jeffrey Epstein is who clearly had him murdered and who's still out. Even if he did fucking kill himself, even if what the government is saying is true, there's still all these financial backers out there. There's still all these people that he was working with and had this this sort of like high end 
underground sex trade going on. And we don't we don't really know shit about those people. And, you know, I, I get that the people making the documentary, I, I don't know how you get that information. That's why the billionaires and the lizard people that run the government secretly paid to have that man killed is because it's kind of fucking hard for him to rat on them and it's hard to get the information with that guy dead. Uh, that being said, it was just sort of, with with what little new information is in this documentary, if anything, it was just sort of like, a, hey, here's four hours. Don't you think he's a dick? Isn't this Jeffrey Epstein guy a dick? And it's like, yeah, yeah, he is. But I kind of knew that. Kind of didn't like him already. Well, again, having only seen 10 minutes of it, the 10 minutes I did see contained a couple interviews with him and then someone discussing his personality as that of a sociopath that felt no emotions and just felt he could do whatever he wanted. That is not the kind of person that suddenly has a come to Jesus moment and then commits suicide. I mean, the interview I saw, well, he looked oh, dead oh, inside. He yeah. was just like dismissive of everything. Like, oh, this woman says like, whatever, I'm not answering that question. Uh, so, so is there well, a first the thing is I could see him killing himself. I mean that, cause that is the other side to where I'm like, I'm not necessarily convinced that it totally didn't happen. Like if, if I was to bet, I'd say it would, but the weird thing about it is he did have every reason to want to kill himself. He was going to spend the rest of his life in prison. So when you're used to having your own fucking Island and you go from that to a prison cell, yeah, man. I think I think anybody would probably want to be killing themselves. The the question is, how did the government let that happen, and or set up his killing or, or whatever? Because he he's in the same. And I get that the prison systems are overcrowded. And I tend to be one of those guys who always says never. I don't remember who said the quote originally, but uh, never blame conspiracy for something that can easily be explained by incompetence. You know, That's a and, good quote. I've heard that, and I, I definitely believe that after being in the military. You know, like yeah, it's it's gonna be incompetence nine out of ten times. That being said, too many goddamn coincidences. The the, the guards falling asleep, and the cameras not working. Like the cameras not working while the guards were asleep. That's it's it's too fucking much for me to believe. It's too much of a stretch. I would believe it for if he was just an average fucking pedophile, like criminal, whatever. Um, it. It wouldn't be as much of a stretch, but this is, he's arguably the most important witness we've had for any crime in the last, I don't even know how many years. You can keep that guy alive. Like, yeah, most inmates may be overcrowded and in, in gymnasiums and bunk beds and stuff, but Hannibal Lecter still gets his little glass case. And that weird little bed with right. the little mouth guard and stuff. Like, you can still do that. They kept El Chapo alive and from escaping and all that in that same prison. I mean, he's he's numero uno in terms of uh, detainees at the time, in terms of, hey, we need this guy. And so you you can keep a guy from killing himself when, when, when it's that important. I mean, Charles Manson died in prison. Um, who else? I mean, there have been... Uh, Sirhan Sirhan, isn't he still alive? I don't know. But either way, I mean, it, yeah, you are right. You you can keep someone alive if you try. And and going to what you just said, I am not a conspiracy theorist. I, I shoot most of them down. I think most of them are silly. And I'm not sure how I feel about this one. I'm not sold either way. The idea that guards would fall asleep on the job, absolutely. I mean, 
fuck, if you're burned out or you're working a 12-hour shift or you just do it every day and you're like, yeah, they don't get out of prison. Nothing happens. I'm just going to take a nap, you know? But both of them, isn't it usually like, dude, I got to crash for 20 minutes. Cover for me. Right. So, and then like you say, and the cameras. Okay, I could say that, oh, you know, the maybe an antiquated system, the cameras go down, except... Yeah, the the perfect storm of everything happening so that he dies in that moment. I, you know, and didn't he just come off Suicide Watch? Like, wasn't he on Suicide? He tried. Yeah, there was some weird shit like that. And then they, they had him in there with another guy who was like this jacked up, like, like it was like a dirty cop from Long Island who was like dealing coke and shit. And just, just a jacked looking dude who apparently they're saying assaulted him. And then, but then there's reports he didn't. And it's just weird, cause, but I'm also like, well, how the fuck does that guy have a roommate? How does somebody that important, well, like, he should be by himself. Like, this is this is the most important witness that we've had probably in my lifetime. You gotta keep that guy secluded. And I get overcrowding. Or, or you put a plant in, someone that is there to protect him. You put a cop in that is paid to protect him. Not not a dirty cop, but like a plant, someone that is there, like your right. job is to be undercover and to listen to him, talk to him, protect him, keep him from committing suicide. Protect You're literally in this inmates. room to keep him from hanging himself so we can figure out which presidents he fucked little kids with on his island. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that runs the gamut. Uh, you got anything else? I will say, I, I do think that Hillary Clinton is secretly happy she lost the election because can you imagine... Can you imagine the shitstorm this would be if she was in office and and all of this Epstein stuff was 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 going down? This oh, would that's be a true. fucking brutal mess. I think secretly she's like fucking. I I dodged I dodged a bullet with that one. I would not want to be putting up with this. Well, and that on top of pandemic and George Floyd would have happened and yeah. And, I mean it. I'm I'm sure it would have played out differently because I I do believe that part. And we'll close out as we began with the, the protest. I do believe in part that the protests have been inflamed not just by centuries of, of mistreatment of people of color, but also three solid years of good people on both sides. Mexicans are rapists. Tear gassing innocent um, uh, uh, peaceful protesters in front of the White House so he could awkwardly hold a Bible in a way that says I've never hold a, held a book before, let alone a Bible. Yeah, well, I'm, that that came later. I'm just saying that at, at the outset of the protest, you've yeah, had three sure years of race baiting by Donald Trump himself. So what would three years under Hillary Clinton have looked like? Would it have been more subdued? People would have still been rightfully outraged. I, I don't I don't know. If, I think if, there'd still be plenty of riots right now. I think she would try to give a calming speech, but she would do it in a stupid Hillary Clinton way. That's true. People, I carry hot sauce in my purse everywhere I go. <laughs> I am one of you. I feel your pain. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a fun game to try and second guess or play what would be, but in the end, it's all pointless because we we have no idea what it would be like under her. No, we can imagine it would be better, or maybe just people on the left would be more. Well, she's doing the best she can, whereas right now people on the right are saying, well, Trump is doing all he can. You know, like, just whatever side would apologize for their leader, no matter what. Right. And don't don't get me wrong. I, 
I definitely believe that to some level Hillary Clinton would be the type of leader that would go out and give a bunch of progressive speeches while behind the curtains her main political agenda would be uh, making sure that Epstein's death really looked like a suicide as well as Ghislaine Maxwell and feeding babies to lizard people that run the, the, the government and stuff behind the curtains. That being said... I think that that lizard woman would have gotten us tests. I think there's a bigger chance that she may have gotten us tests. So for that reason, I really wish she'd have been here in January and February. She would have said uh, when the World Health Organization said, hey, shitstorm's coming, we have tests, she wouldn't have gone, eh, don't need them, as our dear leader did. If she would have, if, if there was a way to take a time machine back to January and February and she could somehow get us tests... I would have I would have fed babies to her as she took her human face off and ate them with, with her lizard face. <laughs> well, I would have done that go. for tests. That being said, I don't even know you know, as much shit as I've been talking about Donald Trump since the beginning of this um, because of the lack of tests and rightfully so. But I I don't know how helpful they would be because um, me and me and my my girlfriend like our, our friends that live upstairs who we've basically been quarantined with we share a backyard with them we've had dinner a bunch of times since this we we hang out with them several times a week they each got tested um, one of them she came back positive for the antibodies meaning she had it at one point her husband who she's been quarantined with the whole time for months came back negative and so I'm like how the fuck is that possible. And so I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of these tests might be in the flip phone stage and might not the smartphone stage. So I don't, I don't, that's either got to be a false positive or a false negative. That's the way I see, unless he's just got a freakishly high immune system and and, and like whatever. But I, I kind of stand by, I, I don't know if I trust the tests yet. So I don't even know how effective they would have been if we'd have gotten them in the beginning. That being said, it'd be better than nothing which is what we got in the beginning. We got a bunch of um, just talking points and fucking conspiracy theories and nonsense. But well, the um, shitty thing about where we are now and in the beginning, well, maybe now more than in the beginning. In the beginning, we were offered tests from the World Health Organization and turned them down because we right. wanted to make our own. And when we didn't have enough, this to me is the problem with libertarianism or the... I won't say Republican, the conservative idea of less government, less regulation. Obviously, Democrat left side always goes for a little too much regulation. But what happened was when there weren't enough tests, they said, fuck it, throw everything at the market. If you've got to test, start testing people. So, you know, uh, Bob's tests started hitting not Craigslist, but making actual government run for government contracts saying, yeah. I have a coronavirus test, and they said, fuck it, clear it. And now they are coming back with all these homemade tests or the, these tests that got to market really quick. And they have, it's, it's basically a fucking coin toss where right. every other test is flawed or incorrect. And so maybe you do need, like, like we always say, instead of all of one side or the other, maybe you need a little regulation and a little testing of the tests so they don't just go to market and... Oh, I guess they don't work, but you spent $200 per unit on them. Yes, it turns out a lot of the manufacturers in this country, the, the same people who are making, like, Subway bread with yoga mats in it, uh, it turns out they might give you fucked up tests. And that's yes. kind of, that's that's what we got going on. So. All right, kids, thanks for listening. Jake, good seeing your face, as always. Uh, good hearing your voice. 
I get to see Jake because we Zoom when we do this. Uh, listeners, you can be jealous. JakeVever.com, NathanTimble.com. We have no shows to promote because uh, nothing's open. So hopefully someday we will promote our comedy shows and you can see us in person. But yeah. until then, say nice things about us online. Spread the word. Put our podcasts on your friends' phones. If you hate us, put our podcasts on your enemies' phones. But listen, listen, listen. Thank you so much. All right. Later. Later.